Welcome to Alligator the Podcast. As always, I am your host Abdullah, and today I'm joined by with introduce yourself, good sir. Hello, this is Pete Sapanak here in Los Angeles. So glad to be here, my friend. And you might know uh, now Pete's name might not you know be like re- instantly recognizable, but I can guarantee you if you've been watching a lot of um, television for the past like I would say mid two thousands. You'd probably heard his you probably heard his voice, but you just didn't notice it. Probably, yeah. <clears throat> and if you did notice it, we've got a problem. Then then we need to talk. <laughs> yeah. That's what yeah, I, I sort of yeah, I kind of came onto the sort of the, the national scene, yeah, in the early to mid two thousands with uh various shows and commercials and whatnot. So you're right on. Spot on, my friend. See, I do my research whenever Yes. Thank you. <laughs> unlike larry king <laughs> what rest his soul yeah no thank you yeah no it's uh it, i had been doing voiceovers um i kind of started professionally and i was at mattel i was directing in-house spots at mattel toys doing commercials for prototypes for toys that never made it out of development most of the time and so i was doing i was on the set doing hot wheels voices you know and as a joke you know i was going hot wheels leading the way and there and one day the hot wheels voiceover guy that they had had doubled his rate on the way to the session and the producer's like we're not gonna pay that she's like pete you do it she's like if we like you we'll just start paying you and we'll use you so, I was like, so that in 1995 that kind of kicked off the voiceover career and that kind of led to all kinds of things that started doing all their in-house stuff and then it led to doing broadcast commercials and then you know that's sort of what started it all back in the day so it was just like you started out doing promo it wasn't like you <laughs> got an acting you weren't like you know a lot of people where uh, most people i've had on usually start and doing like radio or theater and then they go into promo but you you started out doing promo promo <laughs> so that's interesting <laughs> kind of yeah i do i mean i i'd had a radio and and um a, a theater background i did a lot of theater in college and in high school and then i had a radio show and in college, I went to Chapman University, which is back then it was actually called Chapman College. And in 1992, I was the first graduating class of Chapman University. And back in 1998, when I went to Chapman, they had a 98% acceptance rate. They had they had standards, they were low. So I got right in. Um, so when I graduated, I came up to Hollywood, just kind of not knowing what to do. I wanted to work in production. I wanted to work. I wanted to be, I wanted to be everything. You know, you, when you graduate from college, depending on your experience, most people think, well, I just did everything in college. So I'm going to do everything out in the real world. And so when I came up to, to LA in 92, I thought, okay, I'm going to be a director or I'm going to be an actor. I'm going to be this, I'm going to be all these things. And you know, you realize that just pursuing one of those things is extremely difficult. So you got to have a lot of luck when you first come out to first come up here to Hollywood. So, but yeah, so I did have a background in those things, but I fell into it because it's funny because doing that voice, that Hot Wheels voice, I had done voices like that when I was a kid for, you know, infomercials and for whenever I'd see something on TV like Hot Wheels, I'd sort of do it as an impression, as a joke, you know, like for an infomercial, like, but if you call in the next 10 minutes, you'll also get this strawberry peeler, like that kind of thing. And then when I wound up doing these kinds of things, Hot Wheels spots and infomercials, it was the exact same type of read. It was like nothing really had changed. So I kind of fell into it that way. So I was sort of lucky, you know, somewhat early on in my mid-20s. Now, did you ever do promos where um, you had to to do the whole – 
like uh, call your doctor if you're <laughs> if um <laughs> if uh if whatever is right for you or whatever yeah you mean that uh, for like some kind of a medication like call yeah, your doctor yeah. <laughs> you bet was not quite right for you it could cause death um yeah i've done things like that of where it's you know where the uh the disclaimer is way longer than the actual <laughs> copy for the for the medication itself so i've done all kinds of embarrassing things like that I, if i can find some i'll send them to you, you can put them on the show I'll, <laughs> I'll look at the archives or maybe i just forgot about them i don't know maybe they got deleted we'll see no, because whenever I do research, I usually just go to someone's website and see if like they have any of the promo stuff on there, and I, you know, because that's that's what people like to listen to when they talk voiceover, <laughs> fucking promos yeah. and shit. <laughs> Seriously, that's the you know that's sort of the for me anyway. That's kind of the bread and butter is doing the promos, and and so I was in, <clears throat> I was coming into an era where Don LaFontaine was still the king. Right. So they everyone wanted to emulate that read. So in the mid 90s to the early 2000s, that was kind of the style. It was kind of the big over the top grand deep voice, you know, reads. So I came in like, you know, at kind of the perfect time, you know, to do all that. And this is back when God, this is back when when I back in my day, back in the late 90s, it was, you know, they would bring 30 guys into an audition at at a casting agency or a casting house in L.A. or even in New York. And they would just pick one of those guys. As you know now, it's a you know it's a global business. Anybody with a microphone and an internet connection can get on and start competing and getting gigs. But back then, you know, there were really only you know the top sort of the top you know twenty five thirty guys that would you know be up for the gigs. Oh yeah, no, I remember that period in time where if you go back and watch like some old movie trailers, um, you you realize like oh man, every movie. <laughs> Every movie trailer guy had to sound like Don LaFontaine, like everybody. <laughs> yeah. Like, and it was, and it was because of that that a lot of people got confused when it came to LaFontaine's work because they had just assumed he had done all those, <laughs> they had done everything. But the pro- but the problem was, he never said in a world. Right. Exactly. That came with Pablo Francisco, by the way. I don't know if you knew that the stand-up comedian who did an impression of Don LaFontaine, a great impression of Don LaFontaine. And he always would say, in a world, in a place, in a time. He would do that as part of his, his stand-up routine. And that became populated. And so it's attributed to Don LaFontaine. And then I think later on, he started doing that as a joke. It's sort of like to, you know, he was, he was in on the joke that, you know, people had thought that he was the one who coined the phrase, in a world. But, uh, yeah, that, uh, I think that's sort of how it got populated. It's because of Pablo Francisco's stand-up routine. But it's funny, his, so his daughter, Don, LaFontaine, Don LaFontaine's daughter, Chris, and I were tour guides at Universal Studios back in 1989. And he, had thrown, he was throwing a party for one of Chris's friends at their house, and he sent out an audio tape. And I still have, God, if I, if I could find it, I'll send it to you. But it's, uh, he, he did the, you know, come up to the Hollywood Hills for Julianne Reisenfeld's 23rd birthday. And everyone went bananas. I mean, that was like a sacred thing. If you could get an audio cassette of Don LaFontaine doing a trailer specifically for your friend's party, it was a dream. Those were the days. It was back when I had something called a waste. Anyway, so, uh, yeah, but uh, that's how sort of that's, I think, you know, God rest his soul. He was such a sweet man, uh, Don LaFontaine. Really good guy. No, I was really sad when he passed away because I'm like, you'll never get, we'll never get another Don LaFontaine. And nowadays, like, we've moved past on, we've moved past the whole, you know, we need a narrator for every trailer. I mean, we still do, but like, it's, the narration is like, 
plot centric. Like they usually just get like an actor or whoever to say, Oh, right. you, you are always the best at what you did and, <laughs> or whatever. And it's just, it's right. not the same. It's not the same. It's not the same. You're right. I think he, when he passed away, it kind of ended this era. It ended that sort of over the top grand, you know, trailer read. And, and most of the time, and it's funny, most trailers now, that you see the the long form ones, the two minute, the two and a half minute ones, they don't really have much of a BO on them, except for the, at the very end, they might say Jungle Cruise, or they might, you know, they might just give the title of the movie and rate a PG-13. And, you know, it's only the TV spots that usually have the VO on them now, you know, check out The Mandalorian on Disney Plus, like that kind of thing. But usually it's a lot of them just play without, they'll either use text instead of VO, it seems. Which is just, which is kind of sad because I'm like, you know, I need someone to sell me on this. I know, <laughs> like, I know it's a visual medium, but at the same time, it's like, I need someone to come in and sell me on this crap. <laughs> I need, I need a human voice. <laughs> Excuse me. That's so funny. Yeah, no, it's true. It's true. Yeah, I, I miss it. I really miss it. And, uh, you know, obviously promos are a different story. Those are all st- still, for the most part, very you know, TV promos are very, you know, voice heavy, but yeah, I miss that too. I missed, uh, I missed the, uh, you know, hearing, I mean, Ashton Smith, I think is probably the closest we have now to the, the old school Don LaFontaine read. I mean, his epic reads, I mean, you know exactly where you're, you're going to get when you get, when you hire that guy, you know, I just think he's, he's amazing. So, but he's, yeah, he's sort of the last of that old school, you know, group. We lost Mark Elliott too, the guy who was the voice of Disney for years you know, come to goofy sky school, you know, that guy's got to be over the top grand friendly, you know, big voice, you know? So yeah, but uh, yeah, it's, it was a great era. It was, it was a great, it was a great, it was a great time to get into the voiceover. It was a really exciting time to get into the voiceover business in the late nineties for sure. Absolutely. No, I remember, um, you know, speaking of, uh, was it universal studios? Yeah, it was universal studios where, I remember like around like 2012, I remember me and my family went on, went there on vacation and we went on the Terminator ride while, while it was still, you know, while it was still there, you know, one, la- one, la- one <laughs> oh, last Terminator time. 3D? Yeah, Terminator 3D. Yeah, yeah, yeah. While, while it was still there. And you know, this is the most 90s thing ever when who's doing the voiceover, who's doing the promos and the narration and the exposition dump. Who's telling you to, to fasten your seat belts and stay in your seats and, and not move and what have you? Jim John LaFontaine? Cum- oh, Jim, Jim Cummings. Cummings. Yep. <laughs> it's Jim Cummings. Everything's going to sound like this. Everything's going to be in Terminator 3D. He's a sweet guy. He's a great guy. No, he's, because yeah, I remember. Like, last, I remember uh, no, I remember <laughs> leaving, that, um, leaving that show, and I'm like, wait a minute, is that Jim Cummings? Yes, that is Jim Cummings. And I'm like, oh. I, and I was just so sad when, um, you know, because I'm a 90s kid, and I grew up listening to Jim Cummings on, like, a lot of right. shows. And, you know, and it's like, yeah, I mean, this this makes me nostalgic. I mean, the show itself is not, you know, it wasn't very good, but, like, you know, it's, it's you know, Jim Cummings, man. <laughs> I love that you have the ear where you can recognize Jim Cummings' voice. That's a kind of that's a rare talent because <clears throat> you know I'm, I sort of have a I have I have a similar talent for recognizing voices. And whenever I point that out or I point out, people are like, "How do you know these things?" Do people say that to you? Like, "How do you know that? How do you even know that's Jim Cummings?" Like, "How do you know those things?" That's amazing. Do they like point out your your sort of your superpower? <laughs> no, um, no, I think I remember. And this is going to sound really lame, and I apologize for any, everyone listening right now, but 
back in <laughs> high school. And this is like the weirdest thing you you say to a girl that you that you have a crush on, where we're, where we're just talking about like whatever stuff and and me being me, I'm like you know you know like when you like a, when you really like a girl and you want to like uh, spit out some knowledge about whatever. <laughs> Like to, just to impress whatever them. you got your arsenal. Yep. Yeah, yeah, and and so we're just talking about like cartoons, and I'm like, okay, what what shows do you watch? And she's like, I you know watch you know Powerpuff Girls and what have you, and I'm like, oh, that's cool, I I like that show, and I, and I, and I had to bring this up. I'm like, did you know that <laughs> that the voice of uh, Ghostface in the Scream movies is also the voice of Mojo Jojo? And the rest is history. You've been married ever since. What? No, she was. She was unimpressed by. (laughs) I'm impressed by that. Actually, that's that's that you would know that even back at a young age, right? But I'm also sort of pissed that it didn't work on her. You know what? To hell with her. Wherever she is now, if she's listening, you blew it. (laughs) Oh my gosh, that's so funny. So you were like a uh, you were you really absorbed that culture then? You really absorbed the, uh, the 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 shows. No, because like as a kid, like you didn't know that that was a person doing it. And then when like when I was a teenager, I found out like there was this entire world that I just that was not seen. And I'm like, wait a minute. These are real people. (laughs) What? (laughs) Mind blown. And did you find out that they were voiced because somebody told you or did you find out just like how did you sort of like sort of connect the dots? Um, my cousin had pointed this out, like, cause he was, cause he was a lot older than me and he was like, you know, okay. I mean, he's, you know, God bless him. He's a, you know, great guy, but you know, like, you know, you know how, like, you know how, when you're at an older age, like parents would always like come up to you and say like, Hey, can you uh, look after your, like your little cousins a little bit? Cause they, they need like. Oh, right. You know, we're going out and we need like someone to adult supervision. Yeah. 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 And, yeah. you know, God bless him. Like he would like come around and like hang out with like hang out with me because you know, I was like a lot younger and, you know, he was like a teenager back then. And 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 I think he pointed this out to me and I didn't even notice it where he's like, you know, again, watching Powerpuff Girls. He's like, yeah, by the way, that woman who does the voice of Buttercup is also the voice of Tommy on Rugrats. I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> what? It's it's the same. It's an actual human being. Yeah, that's so fun. E.G. Daily. Yeah. Oh, she's she's amazing, and and she's uh, great. <laughs> yeah, she's, she's very sweet. She was she. My son was a huge Pee Wee Pee Wee's Big Adventure fan, and she was sweet enough to like you know get a picture with him and stuff. So yeah, she's great. She's a, she's also a legend, and I can't believe they're actually bringing back Rugrats, aren't they? Oh, it's already aired. Like they already. Oh, the new aired. ones. Yeah, they released. Yeah. Them. I'm pretty with the times, apparently. <laughs> it's been on for six years. Where you been, man? Jesus Christ. So have you, did you, so you came over to the States then, you said in 2012 to, to explore Universal. So you spent some time over here at, at some point, it sounds like. No, I mean, it was just a summer vacation. I was like, hey, you know, let's go to Universal Studios. And what was that? Got was it. it. Was it, was it L? Yeah, it was LA. LA. It was the yeah. LA one. <clears throat> right. And you just... It, it was, and I was kind of glad we did because, you know, I, I think a year later that Terminator ride shut down and they got replaced by Minions. And I'm like, eh. <laughs> <laughs> got replaced with Minions. Yeah. And Shrek 4D, I think, is there too. So, <clears throat> yeah, it's changed. It's changed a lot, that, that park. It's changed a lot. But, uh, yeah. I mean, but I'm just like, I, you know, there comes a point where you just become an old fart and you're like, oh, why, why do they have to change it? <laughs> like, <laughs> Right. 
<laughs> I know. I was I was really into the Miami Vice ride when they had the which is now Waterworld. You know, it's not a ride. Excuse me. It was a present. It was a show. It was a live show. I don't know if you saw the the live stunt spectacular. I think it was Miami Vice in 2012. No, it was probably Waterworld. <clears throat> they turned into Waterworld. So I don't know if you guys saw that when you were there. And it's still pretty impressive that live show. It's still yeah, pretty good. Yeah, it's no, the I same exact show as Miami Vice. It's just a different story. Yeah, no, no. I, I love the Waterworld show because it's tongue in cheek and, you know, take, takes the piss out of the movie. And it's like, yeah, we're, we're just exactly here. we're just here to do it, it's 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 just one of those things where we have a stunt show and we need a theme. <clears throat> what right. about Waterworld? What about Waterworld? Yeah, <laughs> fuck right. it. Exactly. I think you just hit on something. It actually transcended the movie. Like it's basically it's like, hey, we got an opportunity here to do something that's better than the movie. We're going to do a live show that's better than the actual film. And then it actually it's true. They actually did. It's a great show. The show is more exciting than the movie was. So bravo, Universal. Although, to be fair, to, to be fair to the movie, you know, Dustin, Dustin Hoffman was pretty great as the villain. So, I mean, Dustin that's... Hoffman, D- Dennis Hopper, <laughs> yeah, whoever. Dennis, uh, yeah. It's, 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 I'm... <laughs> Why did I get those two confused? I don't know. You know why. what? Dennis Dustin Hoffman would have been pretty good, actually. You know, it just seems too. Yeah, it seems too. It seems too obvious that Dennis Hopper would be the villain again. You know, <laughs> not too long after Scream or not Scream Speed. Excuse me, Speed. <clears throat> so because I got him confused because I'm like, oh no, they both play pirates and uh, one of them played Captain Hook. So <laughs> you know? and they both have the same initials, DH. Yeah, so makes sense. <clears throat> makes sense to me that's funny no but i mean it's it's interesting because like getting older and realizing that there's this whole world of of, of you know of people doing these voices and i'm just like what what is their story like who is the person behind all these characters because surely like there's a there's a there's like an entire story to tell when it comes to a lot of these people and that's that's the origins of the show where it's like hey i wonder what so-and-so is doing now do you think they're still working <laughs> you know what <laughs> what what is their story you know never happened to yeah yeah i it, it, i'm fascinated by it too in fact <clears throat> doing a lot of these animated series the, that was the great thing about well pre-pandemic you would go when you're in on an animated show, you would go and you would get together with all these other actors and you'd get to do the script and read it live and read it, you know, together and record it together. And so you'd get to go, you'd get to be with these big time, you know, voice actors. And a lot of times it would be like, I worked with Jessica Walter from, um, from Arrested Development on a show. I don't know if you watched the show. It was on Cartoon Network. It was called the life and times of Juniper Lee. I don't know if you ever saw that show. No, I, I, era after no. the nineties. No, I remember watching that show as a teenager and oh, okay. and I and it's so weird but because when, you know, Jessica Walter unfortunately passed, like a lot mm-hmm. of people were watching Archer and or Star right. versus the the Forces of Evil, but I'm like, "You know what? I want to go back and watch the two episodes of Jennifer Lee she was on <laughs> cuz I'm that I'm that big of a fucking nerd." Dude, you just went from a 10 to an 11 in my book. <clears throat> that little factoid, that's so funny. Yeah, she so she came in. She was literally on a break, a half-day break from shooting Arrested Development. And she came in, and she did it, and we, we had a ball. She was great. Really, really funny. She's everything you'd want, to, she's everything you'd want in, in, in another sort of well-known actress, or in this case, voice actress. And we had a blast. It was great. So those kinds of things, those, that was a blast where you get to be around. You know, I was around Kenneth Mars, who was brilliant. And then, you know, 
Rob Paulson and, and a lot of guys who are, you know, are still working today that are known for doing a gazillion voices. So that was to me, that was sort of like, you know, a dream. You were sort of in, and you could see being in front of Jeff Bennett and all these other guys, you could see how great they were being in the room with them. I mean, they could come up with an entire, not just a voice, but an entire character on the spot. Like they would, they would say, because a lot of times there would be a bunch of characters in a certain scene. And they'd be like, okay, uh, Jeff, you take this character and Pete, you take that character. And, and uh, let's see, Rob, you take that character. And these guys would just, you know, they'd have an arsenal of characters and not just, like I said, not just voices, but fully like formed characters with like a soul. It's just, it's a really rare talent to have. So that was pretty mind blowing to watch that, you know, up close. No, that's why I always tell everybody who's ever worked with like the industry giants. I'm like, I'm always jealous of you guys because you got to see, you know, you get to see these people up and close and just them working like that is like, oh, I'd give anything to, to see that, to be quite honest. Yeah, yeah. No, oh my God. One of the most amazing voice actresses I've ever been around is sadly Mary Kay Bergman. She was the voice of all the characters in the South Park movie and South Park. And she sadly took her own life not too long after I worked with her, but oh my God, such like a mind blowing talent, like literally could do anything and become any character, you know? But uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's really pretty remarkable. I mean, I'm hoping we're going to go back to those days where we can actually all get together. I mean, everything, you know, everything I've been doing has been here in my own home studio the last, you know, since the pandemic, but you know, it's really fun to get together. I think that's the thing that people miss is the human, the human interaction when you go and record a big show, you know. So hopefully we'll get back to that at some point. No, and that's what I love about like, you know, I mean, I'm not a fan of social media. I think it's like, you know, terrible and garbage and just brings out the worst of people. But but I am a fan. <laughs> You're not wrong. But I am a fan of whenever I see voice actors posting like behind the scenes stuff, like them at the booth and whatnot, because like you're not going to go anywhere else to see that. And I think that's just so, <laughs> yeah, like that's so rare. Like, because I remember, what was it? Kari Walgren posted like an old picture of her and in, in, in the cast of like some show. And, and it's like, oh, I miss these days because, you know, this was like back in 2017, but it seems like for, <laughs> forever ago. And I'm like, God, I just, I just miss just seeing people work in, in a group, in a group setting because I'm, I mean, it's, it's not even, it's not even like a, an opinion. It's a fact because it's, I think that if you get all these people together, you're going to get better performances because they work off each other. And totally. You know, it's, totally it's much better than just having one person do do like um you know uh a, a session like individually because yeah. I, because i get so sad when whenever i watch um i watch a show now and i realize and and i get someone on here and i ask them oh what was it like working with so-and-so and, and they're like no man and we had to record that separately and i'm like oh <laughs> <laughs> you're right like 2017 seems just seems like a lifetime ago it's funny a friend of mine was uh i went and saw the first alice in wonderland the one with johnny depp and helena bonham carter and my friend joel was in it and i'm like oh my god i was like that's was so great you got to work with you know johnny depp and, and helena you know helena bonham carter when you know that was so great and what was that like and he goes i wouldn't know i never met either one of them i'm like really he says yeah i shot all my stuff on a green screen by myself <laughs> i'm like even in movies they're not working together you know, so it's just it's just that era where it's also separate. It's also compartmentalized. You know, it's not just in voiceover. It's you know, it's a lot of other things, too, which a lot of people don't even realize. So, oh, um, yeah. 
what was it? I remember watching a video on The Hobbit and someone pointed out that um, when they did Christopher uh, Lee's uh, Lee's scenes, he wasn't there. Like it was a green screen. Right. Because he was like in London, like because he couldn't like, unfortunately, <laughs> do, you know, he refused. Health... he refused to fly to New Zealand. <laughs> no, right. no, I mean, or he could. I... And unfortunately, due to, you know, declining health, you know, he wasn't, yeah. available. you know, he couldn't right. like fly there. So it's like, OK, we'll just like green screen him in. And the way they did that, like while you watch the movie, it seems like he's there talking to Ian McKellen, but he's not. He's talking to a green screen. And I'm just like, <laughs> God, I hope this is not Bro. the future. I hope this yeah. is not the future. <laughs> I know. Apparently they're about done shooting all of the uh, the motion capture, though, for all four of the new Avatar movies. So that'll be interesting to see because that's a sort of a combination of, you know, of motion capture and, and live action. So we shall see if that's the future where things are more separated. Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, you miss kind of the, you know, having the group of people together. You miss that interaction. and you, you The show, it can suffer if you're not in the same room because you're right. It's so much fun to, to, to play off each other and to all laugh together. And there's like an energy there. There's an energy to anything you do with voiceover when you're in front of other people that are actually there. I think that goes for the job. I think that goes for the for the audition process. I think going in and, and having somebody record you and give you feedback is an advantage. You know, I think doing I mean, doing a job on my I mean, most I, I you know, as you know, all the jobs over the last 18 months have been for the most part here in the studio where people in my ear, you know, talking, which is fine. But, yeah, I definitely miss being around. It's like being a, it's like going to a party. When you go to these big sessions, you know, you miss those little voiceover parties. Yeah, because like, you know, because and I thought it occurred to me, like looking at a lot of looking at all, at all these um, at all these like cast pictures and records and what have you. I realized like this is probably the only time these guys ever get to hang out because of their busy schedules, like outside of work, like they're not going to hang out with each other outside of work. <laughs> I wouldn't be here if I wasn't getting paid to, pay, to hang out with you, right? Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> I think you're probably right. It's true. Yeah, because like, I mean, yeah, sure. You everyone's like very loving and supportive, but at the same time, it's like, okay, when was the last time you hang out with you know any of your coworkers outside of work? Probably right. not yeah. a lot. <laughs> <laughs> it's rare. So Bob Bergen used to do this thing called Vox on the Rocks, where it would be like on a. I don't know, he'd get like a happy hour at a restaurant and it would there would be like a hundred and something voice actors that would show up. It was like a huge deal, you know. And so that would be like one of the few times where we would all interact with each other, you know. And that lasted for a while and then it finally, you know, kind of fizzled out after like a couple of years. I think <laughs> I think we were getting these restaurants, we were like trash in the place. It was fantastic. <clears throat> so but yeah, you're right. It's like those those are becoming more and more rare where we actually see each other. Even even at work, not even at work anymore, right? <clears throat> yeah, not even at work anymore because like everything's done at home now, and yeah. like like even when he asks someone to hang out, it's like, hey, can you hang out like for for a couple minutes on Zoom or whatever? Like, ah, man, I can't. I'm sorry. I'm like, eh. oh my God. I'm just yeah, Zoom fatigue. I'm spent. Even after like the first six months, you know. So yeah, <clears throat> I think people are done with that. Hopefully. Hopefully, yeah. If we can get out of this, we get out of this delta, then we'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> I 
No, I remember like someone uh, talking to me and and because you know one of my you know one of my close friends is you know a voice actress like an upcoming not upcoming she's been she's been around and you know she's slowly getting traction. And I remember like when we when we were done recording an episode we did like a little after show you know we were just talking and she said like, you know I would love to hang out more but I just it's been I've just been so busy and. And I just look at like all the time I spent on Zoom talking to family, and I'm just like, I don't like, I don't want to do any more of that, please. <laughs> Help! I know I love my family; they're great. <clears throat> but yeah, I mean, it was crazy. We actually, my nephew got married a couple weekends ago. Actually, officiated the wedding, but it was like so great. It actually felt completely normal finally, you know. And uh, and now, you know, it seems like things are starting to like slowly like shut down again, or at least, you know, everything. I don't know what the, I don't know what the uh, COVID situation is like in Kuwait, but here it's, you know, it's pretty, it's pretty hairy again. It's so weird because, you know, we had that period as well where we went back into like a two month, like partial lockdown and it's just like, oh God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, recently you guys did? Uh, a couple months ago, like probably oh, okay. like b- okay. before, before summer, like around okay. like. Uh, April right. yeah April right yeah April, yeah yeah so. it's brutal it's brutal but you know what <clears throat> you were getting through it it's fine thank god we got our health no I, I I said this like many many times before but um it's hard it's really hard for me not to end every episode of this podcast by saying like thank you for keeping me sane <laughs> <laughs> yeah you gotta have things to look forward to right you gotta have your you gotta have your uh, you gotta have your thing you gotta make sure that you're doing the thing you love right to keep you Keep your mind off the world, you know. That's key. No, because yeah. I t- because I tell people like you know whenever someone comes up to me and talks about like oh did you hear about whatever this thing happens on the news and I just flat out tell them I don't watch the news anymore because I want to be I'm at that point in my life where I want to be as willfully ignorant as possible because I don't <laughs> I don't want to know like what's going on. Hey, I want to live in like, my own world. I want to live in a total state of denial where like none of this is actually happening you know yeah truth i mean i just i just look up like i just look up random videos on youtube i just look up like any (laughs) like just watch old episodes of tv shows like just anything to get my mind off of like looking up uh looking at like garbage social media or whatever you know right right thank god thank god for youtube you go down those rabbit holes and 12 hours later you come up knowing everything there is to know about George Clooney. I know. Oh, man. <clears throat> those were the days. Those be the days. Yeah. God, I remember like early YouTube where you could only where um, the 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 length of a video was only like 10 minutes. And so people had to split up like <laughs> these long essays into like various parts. And it's just like, <laughs> God, that's right. The 10 parts, the 10 parters. Yeah, That's so funny. <clears throat> so you issue all social media. So you're, but aren't you? Are you on some social media just to promote like the show and other? Yeah, other I have to. It's it's yeah. a necessary evil, unfortunately. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, it's it's funny. I actually, I'm sort of, I have this weird relationship with social media where I, you know, I, you know, I enjoy watching. I enjoy seeing it and and you know, looking at what my friends and people in my you know sphere are up to, but. You know, I don't love going on there and like, you know, promoting myself and, you know, saying, hey, look what I'm up to or posting a picture of me. Hey, you had a great, you know, video game session today at Warner Brothers, but I can't tell you what it is. I mean, you know, this is not my th- that that particular thing is that's just not what I 
what I do, but um, <clears throat> it's it's great to sort of watch it, you know, from from a, from a distance, you know. But uh, there are there, obviously there's some dark corners <laughs> of the of the social media too. Yeah, I mean it's it's kind of sad looking up like some at some pages and then seeing someone like, hey, I just sold this. I, I'm selling these t-shirts or what have you. I'm like, it's just like, I, I bought those t-shirts. They're really nice. Actually <laughs> <laughs> wearing one no, now. No, just, just seeing people like sell stuff or not, not even sell stuff, but like just mention like the, the, the photographer or the, or what brand they're wearing. And I'm just like, why is this information necessary? Like, yeah. Yeah. And the way they listen to you, the way, like I was talking about a, a tire company or not, excuse me, a bike company called fat tire bikes that we used when we were in Paris to rent some bikes to go, you know, ride around Versailles. And, uh, as about two minutes after we were talking about it, I looked on Instagram and that was the first ad to pop up for fat tire bikes. I'm like, Oh my God, they're listening to me. I swear to God. Or if you are, even if you're on your email, and you're t- you type something about a, a product, it'll show up in Facebook or it'll show up in, in Instagram. You know, it's really, really bizarre the way they track you. Yeah, no, <laughs> I remember. I, I think like Family Guy did a joke about like, oh man, uh, isn't isn't social media great when companies sell us stuff st- st- stuff without our consent? <laughs> <laughs> Truth. <clears throat> Truth. Yeah. But I, you know what? It's it's funny. Like even though you know social, it's still you know the core thing about doing voiceovers. I still absolutely love. It's still it's still really fun. Like when you get the you know when you get <clears throat> when you, whether you're doing an anime show or whether you're doing you know whether you're narrating something or a promo or whatever. You know, it's still you know I'm still super lucky and I'm still like one of the you know I feel like I've, I feel like I've sort of had a series of lucky breaks. You know, like when I started doing animation it was uh i took sue blue's class you know sue blue the legendary animation actress and director i took her class and things just took off i got really lucky because she like became my mentor and she got me an agent and she got me work it was a six-week class and in week five she says i'm gonna put you on a show i'm gonna put you on godzilla and then and, uh she got me to an agency and that sort of really you know kicked everything off that was you know that was for me that was like one of the more magical times you know, and once again, in the late 90s. And so she's the one who put me on all these shows like Juniper Lee. And uh, let's see what else. Uh, Men in Black, the animated series. And then she's also the one who got me. I don't know if you ever watched the Land Before Time series when you were, you know, growing up, the talking dinosaur. Yeah, I, I watched. I don't care what anyone says that that movie's opening is just so depressing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you mean the first one? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, my, yeah. Especially when you're a kid. Jeez. Yeah, so that that spawned uh, an animated series, a musical animated series on Cartoon Network that I did, and then I did the movie after that. So, but yeah, those are you know those were incredible times. That's when everybody you know, of course, and there's I think they're still doing it. I think they're still putting out uh, Land Before Time movies. So good on them for doing that. Oh, I remember like there was a period in time where we we where we used to joke like there were more Land Before Time video uh, movies than any other animated series. <laughs> like it's true. I think they're up to God. I don't even know. I mean, I did like number fifteen, fourteen, or fifteen, something like that. But uh, yeah, they're up to I don't know. They're you're com- they're closing on twenty if they haven't already with that show and with that with that movie series. Those were the days. Like, cause, cause there had to be like, cause I think some a network executive like looked at that, looked at that movie and said, we we can, we can make this a franchise. 
because right. dinosaurs sell. I, I and and it and it yeah. always it always works because like as a kid, like dinosaurs are the coolest fucking thing ever because <laughs> it's like they're giant lizards and and they're really cool and they talk and have adventures and and there's there are moments that are would scar you for life (laughs) that you wonder how they really had it all those talking dinosaurs (laughs) movies they really had everything (laughs) that's true it's true yeah yeah i mean they were smart to keep that going i mean unfortunately the series the tv series only lasted i think you know one season but um yeah the movies keep you know they keep going you know and you know with jurassic world coming out God, I think now next year is supposed to be this year, but now it's coming out. But yeah, you're right. As an adult, I'm still, you know, I still enjoy it. But there's something about it as a kid, though. What, is it you think, what do you think it is as a kid where they love dinosaurs so much? Is it because they're huge and, you know, and scary and fun at the same where They don't quite have the allure when you're an adult. I mean, they're still cool because, I mean, uh, like, for God's sakes, like, one of the best shows on television right now is Primal, and that's just a show about a, talk- uh, a show about a caveman and a and a T-Rex, like, <laughs> bonding <laughs> made by the guy who made Dexter's Laboratory, and it's amazing. Is that it's, right? Oh, my God. Okay, oh, it's, a, it's amazing. <clears throat> it's really amazing. Um, adult show. It's obviously an adult animated show aimed at adults so don't don't let your kid kids watch it because there's a <laughs> lot of violence oh god oh god all right i'll make sure i watch that on my own i to watch it on my iphone 7 oh my god <laughs> it's on what network is that on uh, adult swim oh it is okay that makes sense <laughs> it's not adult swim although my teenage son's watching rick and morty so i don't know maybe he can handle it we'll see I mean, well, if he can handle, like, um, the sperm episode, I'm pretty sure he can handle. <laughs> Truth. <clears throat> kids can, you know, kids can handle more. I, I think that, you know, it's it, it's so funny. Like, kids today, kids today, I think, and obviously, so my, my teenagers have been exposed to more media. Take my son, who's 14. He's been exposed to more media by the time he's 14 than I was by the time I was, like, 30. You know, I mean, just the uh, it, just the amount of things he's able to see <clears throat> now, whether it's movies, TV shows, content, you know, TikTok or whatever, it's it's insane. So, I mean, they're exposed to so, it's like, how do you how do you compete for those eyes? It's like, who's what are these kids? You know, wh- what's like, you know, what's sort of the next big thing? It's like it's so hard to predict, you know, what the next whether the next tick, whether what's the next TikTok, you know, because people are going to, you know, TikTok is great, but people are going to be sick of it <clears throat> within the next, you know, year or so. And there's going to be an, another big thing, you know, what's the next big thing. So, yeah, I mean, the, the amount of media these kids have at their fingertips is absolutely mind blowing. I, I, I fear like there's going to come a point in time. We're going to, we're going to look at something like TikTok and say, man, how did we even watch this stuff? Like <laughs> 20 seconds. That's too long. We need one second. <laughs> One second. <laughs> I think you're on to something. <clears throat> I think you need to develop an app where there's one second videos. <clears throat> that would probably get, you know what? That would probably get, you know, one to three second videos. That would probably get a lot of hits, you know? Because that see, our attention spans, it's so funny. Like, I went and saw the new cut of Apocalypse Now. Apocalypse Now, like the, the, fin- the, the final cut, right? This is like the last one for sure. I'm watching it going, <clears throat> does Coppola think that our, our attention spans have gotten longer? I mean, this movie's like an hour longer than the than the original version. It's like three hours plus, <clears throat> you know. So we can only go backwards. We can only go down and down and down. We can only get down to the three second videos now. 
So I think you're, I think, you know what, this is it. You, I am going to be your angel investor. I'm going to send you some money. You're going to invest. You're going to create this app, the three, the three second video app. Oh my God. For reals. It's on. No, because you, you notice like, cause a lot of kids shows nowadays, like they're split into like, they have like 22 minute episodes, but they're split into two, two segments and each segment is like 11 minutes long. And I'm just like, okay, you know, this is the future. Now you got to like learn to write for 11 minutes and okay. but you mean you mean like there's like 11 minute stories or there's two there's like a 22 minute story split into two parts no i mean it's it's they have like 22 minutes but they split split it into like two two segments like one right. one segment is like one one segment's like one story is 11 minutes long and the other story is like 11 Got minutes it. long and you yeah. put, them, yeah. put them together and it's like 22 minutes and it's just like right. okay this is the future <laughs> <laughs> here you go it's true. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think that, you know, I think that the, the sort of the talent pool is also getting younger and younger, not just the performers, but the people behind the scenes, like the people doing animation, you know, I mean, you can, I saw something that a 15 year old kid did. It was a friend of my daughter's and it was as good as anything I would see like in a movie theater, anything in, good as any like visual effect I would see in a Marvel movie. So like, you know, the sort of the talent pool is, you know, getting younger soon. There's going to be eight year olds you know, doing like, you know, shots that, that ILM used to do, you know, I just think it's getting to that. It's, it's getting those, that technology is getting more and more <clears throat> accessible and to a younger crowd, which is, you know, both exciting and terrifying. Yeah. No, same. my, my dad pointed this out like way back in like 2009, when we were just having a conversation about like where the entertainment industry is, is going and, and he pointed out, like, you know, you realize, like, a lot of people, you know, your age are getting into the industry, like, you know, in their 20s and 30s. And it's going to come to a point where, like, there won't there won't be any more, like, it's going to come to a point where we're, we're going to look at people who are, like, 50 and we're going to be like, oh, that's too old. You know? <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> I've, yeah, exactly. It's, got, it's getting there. Yeah, I think even like late, like mid forties is getting too old, right? Oh, they're they're old, ageism, they're out. Yeah, it's true. It's gonna be run by. Yeah, I'm surprised that there aren't more executives, like big time executives, in like their late twenties. There probably are in certain places, but for the most part, I think you're right. I think that's. I think your dad's right too. I think that's where it's going. You know. Yeah, because we, we and and he's not wrong because like I've noticed as as the as a lot of these shows have come out like in the. Because like the 2010s were like a complete shift, uh, be, you know. Because like the two, the 2000s were okay. We're still making shows for children, so they're just gonna appeal to to children, and you can just do whatever. But then like you know the 2010s were was were that period where where a lot of new people came in, and they were like, okay, we don't want to make shows that would just appeal to children. We want to we want to we want shows to appeal to everyone. And we want to tell these complex themes and we're going to do like, we're just going to do experimentation because like right. no one expected, I, I guarantee you, like no one expected Adventure Time to become the cultural phenomenon it was because it was, <laughs> I guarantee right. you, like network executives probably looked at like the pilot of that, of that show and they're like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And that was a risk. They were taking a big leap with that one. That's for sure. Bananas. Because yeah. that was that show like pretty much took all the all the stuff we were used to in the 2000s and said, 
we're just gonna you know forget everything we you know forget everything you know about older kid shows this is how we're gonna put it this is how we're gonna introduce you to the new decade and <clears throat> and it was amazing because it was like it had its a totally different style and right. it was just so surreal and felt dreamlike and yet it made sense right you know and and, yeah. it just, and it just became this cultural phenomenon, and it's it, it just be, it just opened the door to all these shows, and then you had like you know regular show Gravity Falls, you know all these other shows. Oh like, god, you know, Gravity Falls! Oh, that's oh, just such that's an such amazing show. show. <laughs> oh my god, Alex Hirsch, Jesus Christ! That sh- that I could not believe that that show was so seemed to me so incredibly complex. It was like, you know, it was like Twin Peaks for kids, right? Yet my son at the time when it came out, like, I think it came out like it ran from like 2012 to 2016 or something. Yeah. My son totally followed it, totally got it. And I'm like, for somehow he made it so perfect for an adult and for a child to follow that it was like, it was mind blowing. That's like, yeah, that's one of the great shows I think of all time is Gravity Falls. It's funny. I still... brought that up because i was going to bring it up too especially when you're talking about how adventure time kind of like kicked off this whole wave of you know of you know sort of like across the board you know people loved it whether you're young or old no i still go back and watch like old episodes of gravity falls and i swear to you i'm not this is not hyperbole like every time i rewatch an episode i notice something i didn't notice in like the last time i watched it at least three or four things yeah yeah and it's just so amazing like I don't want to get into too much spoilers, but the, like jokes that seem like one-off references for that specific episode actually <laughs> are actually references to something that happens way later on in the series and makes more sense <laughs> when when you rewatch it. And I'm just like, yeah, how the how how <laughs> there's like a little bit of magic in that show. There's like it's like how I mean Alex Hirsch is an alien. I mean, I don't know how he pulled that show off between doing all the voices and creating every episode and, and, you know, and, and, and delivering, I mean, each, most of the episodes, like they're sort of like layered, right? It's not just some funny little thing where they travel through time and come back and there's like some mystical object they need to get or whatever. It's like, there's, there's some real, you know, there's some real deep things going on there. And you're right. Every time you watch it, whether it's a little detail or whether, you know, it's, it's plus they like hide a lot of little Easter eggs throughout the episodes too. So it's like unbelievably, I mean, you can watch that show endlessly. Yeah. You know? No. Uh, I, what I love is again, like minor spoilers here, but like, I mean, it's, it's, <laughs> you know, it's, it's a minor thing, but like the first episode, they introduced like Bill Cipher, who you think is just going to be a one-off villain. Right. Like, at, at the end of that episode, he just stops attacking the heroes and he says, I'm going to leave you. Like, I think he looks at the journals or, or something and he just like, something pops into his head and says like i'm just gonna leave you guys alone because i got big plans and and and, and then it's like you just think that's oh that's just gonna be like oh that's cute that's they're just they, you know they just like that was a cop-out like because i remember the first time i watched it, i'm like that's kind of a cop-out oh, i have big plans what plans bill but oh no oh <laughs> he had plans he had plenty of plans yeah yeah, no, I mean, actually, my kids uh, got to meet Alex Hirsch at a book signing. And, uh, of course, my son did all his impressions of all the characters for Alex Hirsch. And he just thought it was hysterical. He was great. I was, and they're, they, I, don't, I thought they were going to make a Gravity Falls movie, but I don't think that's happening anymore, sadly. So, I don't know. We'll see. 
one can dream a guy I mean, can dream i mean the 10th anniversary is going to come coming up next year and i'm just like please oh, you're do right. something yeah. please do something for the 10th anniversary <laughs> i want outdoor screening or something right that's a good idea yeah because it's yeah. it's just one of those shows where and again i know this is i gotta mention this because we're I, i'm pretty sure i'm not going to bring up gravity falls ever ever, ever again in the future but <laughs> there's a really cool episode in season one called uh, double dipper and that is a great example of how to do a bottle episode right because if you watch that episode <laughs> the entire episode takes place in the mystery shack they do not leave the mystery shack the entire episode, like the the A plot, the B plot, it all takes place in the Mystery Shack, and yet it feels fresh and interesting, and it doesn't feel like a bottle episode, but it's but it is a bottle episode, and it's just so amazing, and I love that, sh and I love the show, and you should watch love, it. I just love that you refer to it as the bottle episode. It's like you know, it's low budget, man. <laughs> they just staying in one location. <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah, it's like they're Evil Dead, right? It's like one location. <clears throat> Because I know, again, it's it's just one of those details where you're. I'm rewatching the series, and I realize like a lot of episodes they go to various different locations. But that was one of the few episodes that took place entirely in the at the Mystery Shack. I'm like, wait a minute, is this a bottle episode? Yes, right. it is. <laughs> <laughs> they can just yeah, they just let him do whatever the hell he wants. I'm surprised there's not more. It's sort of like what I say about the band Cage the Elephant. I'm surprised that they're not selling out stadiums because they're so damn good. I feel that way about Gravity Falls. I mean, yes, it has like kind of more of a cult following, and I felt like it should have more of like a sort of a popular following. Like it should be, it should be as big as you know, sort of you know, like a like a Star Wars show or a Marvel show. You know, I'm just like like everybody I tell you know to, to I, I tell everyone to watch that show. You know, now everybody listening to this episode hopefully we'll go out and watch gravity falls congratulations you're welcome it's only two seasons long it's only 40 episodes you can get through it in a day <laughs> you know <laughs> exactly <clears throat> a day where you do nothing else and don't sleep yeah and that's what's so but amazing about it because i remember watching a video on youtube and, and they said like this show did more in two seasons than shows that have been running for 10 seasons did. Yeah. And that goes with live action shows too, not just animated shows. You're right. They're right. True. Yeah. <clears throat> and it's, and it's funny and it's accessible to kids too. That's the thing that blows my mind is that I I'm watching it going, oh my God, this is a pretty adult, <laughs> pretty adult, not so much in the themes, but just in terms of like the storyline, it's a sort of a complicated storyline, but kids got it. They followed. That's the genius of that show too. Oh, I, I love the joke where, I mean, these are, it's, it's, it's such a dark joke and I can't believe they got away with it on the children's <laughs> show. But, um, th there's this character, Robbie, who's like a goth, you know, oh, goth, right, yeah. goth is, teenager. That, is that, uh, the one that's voiced by, uh, JT? Yeah, uh, we don't, yeah, we don't, okay. we don't, we don't talk about him anymore, but, <laughs> but, um, <laughs> so I didn't say his last name, yeah. right. Uh, but, um. What's interesting about him is that, you know, they introduce him and he's like this moody. Po he's basically a poser. Like he's, he's a moody poser. And when we meet his parents, they're funeral directors and they're so cheerful. And I'm just like, <laughs> how did you get away with that? <laughs> like, how? Yeah, that's so crazy and random. Yeah. Genius. You know, you're actually making me. I'm so glad they're all on Disney Plus now. I need to go back and do a, a D. I need to do a binge <clears throat> of the entire show. Starting tonight, right after I watch the new Ted Lasso at midnight. <laughs> <clears throat> no, I, 
I am so sorry for everyone who's listening to this, expecting like another voiceover episode. And they're like, oh, why are they talking about Gravity Falls? It's not a Gravity <laughs> Falls podcast. I'm so sorry. It is now. Congratulations to us. <clears throat> yeah, but um, but but yeah, I, I think like looking back at how much the industry has changed, my point is like, you know, not only have the shows changed, but like who they cast as well has changed. Like before, you know, you only had like two or three people doing all the voices, but now you're seeing more and more new talent and and you're just like, okay, cool, you know. Yeah, and I think I think the bigger shows, like the ones that are on Netflix and the ones that are still on like Adult Swim and stuff, I think that a lot of those shows they cast you know, they cast a lot of celebrities to start, I think, and then occasionally somebody like myself or somebody, you know, they'll they'll sort of fill out the other roles with people who are like the veteran voice actors, you know, the Jeff Bennett's and the Rob Paulson's and the, you know, the D Bradley Bakers and stuff. But, um, you know, because nowadays, I mean, you, you could, you know, it's funny. I have, uh, <laughs> you never know how casting is going to go. Like I auditioned for, I think it was a Tylenol spot a couple of years ago and uh, it was for a commercial and, you know, they were like, oh, yeah, they're like, there's probably going to be a callback. And, and, then, and then I never heard anything. And two months later, I saw it on TV and it was Susan Sarandon <laughs> doing the exact same script. I'm like, oh, they want celebrity. You know, that's just, so there's sort of like there's sort of like hardly any middle ground anymore. It's like either huge celebrity gets the gig or it's somebody, you know, or an influencer too. like influencers are making all the dough right now, whether you're a video game influencer, whether you're. Charlie D'Amelio on TikTok, you know, those are the people who are, they're, you know, making the big dough. But um, thankfully, at least in the anime and animated world, it's still, you know, sort of either celebrity driven or it's, you know, sort of the veterans. And then occasionally, you know, there's room for some some newbies to get in there. <clears throat> but, uh, you know, because they the casting process is... Most of this, I mean, some, sometimes, you know, you'll they'll bring in, you know, their buddies to do the job, but, you know, but sometimes, you know, sometimes you'll, sometimes their, their celebrity butters will lose it to somebody like myself who comes in and gets the gig. So that does happen from time to time. You people out there trying to get into the business, it still can happen. Fingers crossed. <laughs> <clears throat> you got a shot. No, I mean, and that's, that's what I love about, about the, the ever-changing landscape is that you're starting to see more and more talent and you know newer faces because like there was I, I said this like many times before but um there was that point especially like during the 2000s where i was like ah oh, man i'm getting tired of hearing like the same three or four voices and everything <laughs> <laughs> i know right jeez and you're probably one of the few people that could recognize even if there's a slight change in somebody's voice well that's still so-and-so doing that thing that they do you know <clears throat> yeah, I mean, and I'm not saying like, oh, man, it's it's, you know, to dis disheartening. I mean, I know like why they they got those roles because a they're talented and B they have like a good working relationship with with the casting directors and and the producers and whoever, because they they're reliable. Like, you know, once you once you've built a resume and, you know, you've built a reputation of being someone who is reliable, you will um you will get hired to do, to be on all these major shows. Yeah. Oh yeah. Totally reliable. You're on time. You're easy to, I think that it's funny. I think being easy to work with sometimes can trump talent. I think it can trump sort of, it's funny. I actually was up for um, to be the voice of a talk show years ago. And 
I went in for the callback, and you know, after that, the producer said to me, "Well, I don't know if you're right for this show, but you sure are easy to work with." So basically, saying, "I don't know if you're good enough for this show, but it's a lot of fun to work with you, so I'm going to give you the job." So I wound up getting the job just for being easy to work. I think that goes a long way, you know, and you know, being a being, and then wind up if you're also if you're like the, the producer's buddy, which at the time I was not, but uh, yeah, that goes a long way of being easy to work with. So remember that, you folks out there. <laughs> If you're easy to work with, you know, you show up on time, you're professional, you know, you bring a lot to the party, you know, you can get the gigs, whether, whether you're right for the job or not. And, and sometimes I guess they, you know, they probably had, they probably want to cast a celebrity, but then they realize that ah, it's probably too expensive to cast a celebrity or, yeah, or, yeah. or if they get a celebrity, it's going to be like, they're going to be, because a lot of celebrities come from, you know, on camera and they, they have to spend like an entire session, like explaining to them how voiceover works. And it's just, uh... yeah. It's too ex- well, it's funny. Yeah. You actually hit on something. I, when I read that, that, uh, that new NBC show with Alec Baldwin and Kelsey Grammer did not get picked up. I'm like, how can that be? And then you find out, you know, it was probably too expensive, probably too expensive to get those guys to make a long, like they should have thought of that sooner, you know, but yeah, there's, there's definitely, you know, the, the money, in general, like for <clears throat> the money for advertising is, is shifted tremendously over the years, you know? So, you know, a lot of commercials are going, you know, from union to non-union. So, you know, there's just, it's just, they just don't have the advertising dollars that they used to for that. And I think that kind of falls to, you know, production as well, you know, unless you're like a Netflix that doesn't seem to ever run out of money, no matter what, and as hard as they've tried, <laughs> they've still got plenty of dough. Well, I mean, I don't know. I, I remember reading like some reports about them like losing a, couple, a lot of subscribers in in the U.S. But I'm just like, well, they lost in the U.S., but I'm pretty sure they got like a lot of subscribers like around the world. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so. They're doing great in Guam. They're crushing it in, in Uruguay. I know. True. And I mean, like bring you bring up like sp- streaming services, and I think like the pro- one of the biggest problems now is that there are just way too many fucking streaming services, and like <laughs> the, the average person isn't gonna have enough money to 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 subscribe to all these streaming services. So right. like it, it creates a situation where okay, I want to watch this specific show, but I but it's not on Netflix. Oh well, right. you should have. And it, by the way. It. Yeah. It's the one show or the one movie that you always want to watch is not on any streaming services. You got to go buy it, maybe on Amazon, right? No matter what. You know, Ted 2. I was like, oh, it's got to be on Netflix. Nope. I had to buy it on Amazon. You just never know. That's, <laughs> I swear. Though it's like Murphy's Law. The one. Yeah. It's funny what you said about the streaming services. I mean, yeah, you're right. There's just, it's just way too many, you know? And it's, I was looking at all the Emmy nominations and I'm like, oh my God all the same shows that I'm watching got nominated. And I don't watch that much TV. I'm thinking to myself, the Emmy voters, you know how many, you know how much content it's out there that for the Emmy voters that they're supposed to be watching. And it's like all the same shows. They got like WandaVision, Ted Lasso, the crown, you know, Queens Gambit, all those shows are the ones that got nominated. Those are the, those are like the most popular shows. So you know that the Emmy voters are at least watching the most popular shows. And those are the ones that are getting all the nominations. You know, who the hell's got time to watch all that stuff? My God, I wish I did. Or if it's like um, animation, it's like Bob's Burgers. And I'm just like, wait a minute, people are (laughs) – Bob's Burgers is like 10 years old and it's still getting nominated for – why? Right. That's a – yeah. That's a great show. It's still – for some reason, that show 
like continues to get even better i think i mean it's still and they're making a movie too out of it i'm lucky enough to be the voice of the promos for bob for all the bob's burgers episodes and syndication so you'll hear me doing a bob's burger spot but um that's yeah that show it's funny there's very few shows and movies and a movie series that you can think of though that continue to get better i feel like you know the mission impossible movies keep getting better you know but uh yeah it's really hard to keep a franchise fresh and going so Fingers crossed. The next two Mission Impossible movies are amazing. Mm-hmm. Seven. That's what well, I live for. No, but but I mean, like you just you bring up like Emmy nominations, and I look at these Emmy nominations, and they're they're always like these popular shows. They're they're either like the popular shows that everyone was talking about, like you know, two or three months ago, or or they're just stuff like SpongeBob or Bob's Burgers <laughs> or Simpsons, you know, stuff that's been right. around forever. And I'm just like what shows are you guys watching? Cause it's, it's, it's not a lot <laughs> going by these, uh, going by these lists. I know. Right. It's the same shows. It's either the same shows or it's the most popular shows. You know, I mean, there's, unless somebody's doing a deep dive and they're watching and then Emmy voters watching something, you know, like on a, on a, on a streaming service that nobody else is watching and they love it and they try and get it. You know, it's just, it's just not going to happen, you know? So, Good luck. Yeah, that's that's why I'm like always wary when it comes to like seeing people talk about like a lot of these shows. I'm just like, uh, you know, I want to watch it, but right, I, you know, I'm gonna go and like whenever I see people talking about something, it's always gonna create like these ridiculously uh, ridiculous expectations that the show is just not gonna live up to, and I'm just like, I don't want to be that person. <laughs> I just, I just don't. <laughs> you built it up too much. The hype is too, yeah. <clears throat> Yeah, very few shows. I mean, can you think of it? Yeah, very few shows, you know, that are everyone says, oh, my God, it's amazing. It's the best. Very few shows. Live. The only show that I can think the the two shows I can think of that lived up to the hype the last, you know, six, seven, ten months are Ted Lasso and, and The Queen's Gambit. I can't get enough of those shows. I've watched each, I watched both of those entire seasons like four times. Something's wrong with me. Please take me away. <laughs> put me in a padded room. I swear to God. And I swear to I'll watch them again. Damn it. I'll go for season. I'll go for another. I'll go for number five. I'm not kidding. Oh god, it's gonna be like that meme where it's like one person watched like B movie a hundred times on their Netflix account, and it's just like, what? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, <clears throat> a worthy, you know, a worthy movie to watch several times. B movie, truth. <clears throat> so no, funny. I, I just, I just like I, again the older i get like i'm i'm the type of person who's like if if the show has to be really really good for me to go back and watch it again because i'm at that point in my life where it's like i, I just watch a show once and that's it like i i've gotten all i need to get out of it i i don't want to you know i feel like I, you know i feel like i've understood what i've gotten out of this show but if it's something like that's really really good i'm just like fuck it i want to watch it again you know? <laughs> well yeah but then and then you'll, <coughs> and then, you'll then you'll get to your you know, when you talk to your friends like yeah i watched one episode it didn't really hook me They're like no man you got to get through like midway through season two then you'll love it i'm like i gotta watch i gotta watch a season and a half before i really get into it i'm good <clears throat> although i'm kind of notorious in my friend group for not watching like the biggest shows of all time like breaking bad the sopranos uh game of thrones like i haven't seen any of those like you know mad men i haven't seen any of those like you know sort of tentpole big you know the you know the like the the big hour-long dramas i'm just not an hour-long drama guy you know for those multiple seasons i'm saying maybe when i retire 
I'll go back and watch those. But you know, I don't, right now I'm like, who's got the time to go watch all the old Sopranos? <clears throat> no, I mean, so- Sopranos is great, but uh, when you said like you didn't watch Game of Thrones, I'm like, dude, you dodged a massive fucking bullet. There. <laughs> Once I heard how disappointed everybody was in the last three episodes, I'm like, jokes on you, people who watched all the seasons. <clears throat> Is that, is, is, is that, did you feel, I mean, not to give any spoilers away for the people who haven't seen it, is that how you sort of felt? Did you feel like it kind of built up? I mean, and honestly, like the, fir- the first four seasons, awesome. Great. Like, because right. they were right. adapted from the books. Right. However, once they got to the fifth season and they didn't have any material to adapt and they started making shit up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. So once you, once they got further and further away from the source material it kind of lost itself yeah yeah wow something to be said about following good books harry potter so yeah (laughs) oh god see now you're making me feel even better about not watching that show (laughs) although now you're kind of making me want to watch it at the same time both (laughs) you make me want to go back and watch it because again like first four seasons awesome like great adaptation but once they ran out of material they're like oh shit (laughs) (laughs) what are we gonna do we're gonna bring eric estrada in i'm kidding i made that part up or did i you'll have to watch the show and find out hbo maxers god that that that'd be amazing (laughs) eric estrada Estrada in game that would be be that wouldn't take you out of it at all. That would just keep you in the whole time. That's when they really would run out of source material. Or would they be making it amazing? Maybe they should have brought him in the last three episodes. Who knows? <laughs> Chips on a dragon. That would be great. Oh, God. Oh, man. <clears throat> you, want to, you want me to ruin chips for you to everyone who likes chips? <laughs> <laughs> I did not think I was going to wake up today to hear somebody say, you want me to ruin chips for you. This is great. Okay. I'm all yours. <laughs> uh the high because in chips they're highway patrolmen right right they highway patrolmen do not solve those types of crimes uh, in real life i'm sorry (laughs) i'm sorry i don't even think they did in the 70s and early 80s when that show was on (laughs) who knew who knew oh my god that's so that was one of my favorite shows growing up is chips no i i i love um watching all these old shows because for (sighs) I know this is going to sound weird, but this is true. Like, because in recent in recent years, Columbo has started to become popular for on the internet, and I don't know why. But I'm just kind of <laughs> glad it did because that's like the last type of show you would think would ever become popular, but it has, and it's amazing. <laughs> oh my god, so good! Truth, <clears throat> you just never know, right? Like, out of, all, out of all the shows, like, oh, oh Columbo. And, and someone pointed out, well, Columbo is a great show because the character is actually really well written. and Yeah, and he's great. Yeah, and the actor's yeah. really great. And, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it just works. That's why you can never remake it because you'll never get – it's like trying to remake Solo. No one's ever going to be as good as Harrison Ford as much as they tried, and the kid was okay. But there's just too much, you know. It's just like that actor playing that part. You know, it's just, it's all personality driven, right? Yeah. It's, it's not like, it's not like mean, James, it's not like the James Bond movies where you can just take another, you know, actor and sort of transcend it and it sort of still seems to work, you know? Yeah. But, but with the James Bond movies, like each incarnation, like changes with, with the actor, it's not just, okay, we're yeah. putting the actor in a new, in, in, a, in. Yeah. And it changes with the times yeah, too. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. but I mean, with Solo, the problem is it's like, 
you know, we're supposed to believe that this this kid is like the same guy, you know, is is, this, is the same is the same guy Luke right. meets yeah. years the, later. No, the no. deep fake, the deep fake where they put a young Harrison Ford over Alden Eidrich's, I can't even say his last name, over his face is brilliant. It's great. It's like they should have done that for the whole movie, you know. But his face, that would have been great. That, I would watch the entire thing for two hours plus. It's true, but with James Bond, it's like. You know, they kind of changed with the times. Like Pierce Brosnan, who was supposed to be the James Bond back in the late 80s, but he was tied up to in doing Remington Steel, you know, couldn't do it till the mid-90s. And he was a good James Bond. He was just in some bad James Bond movies, you know. They just put him, unfortunately, he was a better James Bond than the movies were, you know. And then they got, obviously, Daniel Craig, who's like, you know, for our for this era is like kind of spot on, you know. Oh man, <clears throat> Casino Royale, like, holy shit. That yeah, is, it's, it's, it's that's, just, that's just, that's oh. just, that's that's yeah. my favorite Bond movie. I don't care. Yeah. That's that, that's my amazing. favorite Bond movie. I'm kind of you know what I'm I'm kind of a, a, a Roger Moore guy only because I grew up in the 70s and early 80s, and that was he was my Bond. And I didn't see <laughs> back in my day if you wanted to see a James Bond movie with Sean Connery, you have to go down to the Guild Theater in downtown Portland and see the retrospective of the James Bond movies to actually see like Doctor No and Diamonds Are Forever and you know You Only Live Twice those those movies to see him and i'm like okay he's good but, but you know i was introduced to james bond as roger moore first so that's why spy who loved me and moonmaker to me are masterpieces you know oh spy but, spy who loved me is really great but like the, the problem with roger moore's run is like you know spy who loved me great and then you got that weird middle period where it's <laughs> just with, bizarre like, yeah yeah, no, he, yeah, he, he got a little, those movies got a little bizarre. Like Octopus, he's not great. And, and For Your Eyes Only is pretty good, but A Beauty to a Kill, you could kind of see it was kind of going off the rails a little bit. You know, Which one was fun. the black exploitation one? Cause that one was, um, ooh, oh, was uh, you mean, you mean, uh, you mean, uh, Live and Let Die? Yeah. Yeah. With the effect Cotto and all the, like, the voodoo yeah. stuff. It's yeah. like, yeah, we got this black exploitation movie. <laughs> Wouldn't it be great if we just put James Bond in there and he just looks so out of place? <laughs> That's so interesting. I never thought of it as a black exploitation movie. I have to go back and, and rewatch. You know, I think Jane Seymour's in it too, and she's like super young, and it's like one of her first movies. It's like nineteen seventy one or two or something. <clears throat> I mean, it's it's not a bad movie, and it's probably like one of the better uh, Roger Moore movies. But yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just it's just such a weird movie. Like, it's yeah. better than Octopus. The Octopus is just really terrible. <laughs> it's just, ugh. You know what? Once again, like watching Game of Thrones, I need to rewatch Octopussy. I need to go back and watch that because <laughs> you're actually making me want to watch it now <laughs> For, to enjoy all its horrible, all its badness, <laughs> you know? And, <clears throat> and Moonraker was like very experimental, I think. Oh, yeah. I mean, it was like I mean, Star I, Wars. I, we got to make a Star Wars with James Bond. Yeah. No, I, I think at the time, like, you know, people just weren't interested. It was like the idea was just too out there. It's like, eh, you know, uh, you know, James Bond in space. Eh. And it's very experimental. But, you know, looking back at it now, it's like, you know what? It's it's a fun movie. It's not like it's not brilliant. It's not right. amazing, but it's fun. Right. It's right. it's it's a it's a good way to kill an hour and a half, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or more. Yeah. <clears throat> but but see back back in, you know, when I was growing up in the in the 70s, there were no obviously there was no social media, there was no internet, nothing. There was three networks and whatever movie was playing at the local movie theater, you know. So it was like your choices 
you know, you didn't have any, you hardly had any choices. So when you would go see a movie, even if it was a movie like, you know, The Spy I Love Me or Moonwreck or whatever, it was like a magical, sacred experience. Like to go see Star Wars 30 something times, which is what I did as a kid, because that was the only thing to do in Portland, Oregon growing up, that and go see the Portland Trailblazers. Um, 77 was a great year. They won the championship and Star Wars came out. Thank you so much. So, but yeah, I mean, it's like those mean a lot. It's sort of like with music today. Like kids don't really understand the significance of like when an album comes out, like the car's first album that came out is like one of the greatest albums of all time. And that means so much to me and everybody else when it came out, because every, almost every song on there is amazing. And you listen to both sides on, on vinyl and everything. So kids don't really have that experience of seeing something that's sacred because there's so much out there now. There's so much music. There's so much TV. There's so many movies. There's so much social media. You know, so there's not like, you know, you don't have you don't have like limited options anymore. There's a gazillion things, you know, oh, I think we touched on that earlier. No. And and back then, if you missed something, you missed it. You had to wait for it to come on on TV or else exactly. that's it. <laughs> or if you miss. Yeah. Or if you missed it, it would never come back. Like, you know, if you didn't record it on your VHS at like, you know, 1130 at night, then you missed it. If You know, there was no repeat, you know, you'd have to like wait for repeat if you were lucky. Yeah. It, it's, it's like, dude, it's like that with phone calls in the seventies. If you, if somebody called you and you missed it, you fucking missed it. There's no, yeah, that's it. There, we didn't have a, an answering machine until like the late eighties after I was already out of the house. So if you missed the call, you missed it. Call me. You have zero messages. <laughs> I came back to that exact same greeting when I, in college. Was, oh, man, that's so funny. <clears throat> Things have changed, clearly, but I wouldn't want it any other way. Mm-hmm. It's so funny. My kids actually are, are so bummed that I grew up in the 80s. I was like, why are you guys so obsessed? Because they love Stranger Things and they love movies. And they love John Hughes movies. I'm like, why are you guys so obsessed with the 80s? And they said, because all you guys did in the 80s were ride your bikes and there were no cell phones. It's even, even teenagers are like lamenting the fact that they have cell phones. It's like there's too much stuff on there. You don't have to worry about so they didn't have to worry about social media and everything else. I'm like, you're right. It was well, just a, I mean, you time. can you can just leave the house and not take your phone. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. I'm taking away your phones and I'm giving you an AOL email account, which is what I have. Take that. True. <laughs> By the way, I think you're the first person I've had on the show who still has an AOL account. <laughs> that is amazing. Funny reason. I, you know what? I keep thinking, oh, you know, because I actually, I do have a Gmail account and I, but I don't hand that because I love the reaction I get when I tell people I'm on AOL. They're like, are you joking me? Did the nineties call? Did they want their email back? Like I get all kinds of responses to that. And I got to be honest with you, I've not been hacked now that I'm saying that now I'm people, somebody's, somebody's out there they're probably going to try and hack me, but I've never been hacked on AOL. And so it's sort of like, it's just kind of funny to still have it. You know, old school. A friend of mine who also has AOL, his kids actually want an email address and he gave them an AOL address. And they're like in their teen, they're teenagers. So they're on AOL too. So it's still going. <laughs> I, I wear that as a badge of honor that I'm, that I'm one of the last men standing. No, I mean, because it's weird because nowadays people only use AOL accounts as just like, you know, alternate. Burner accounts. <laughs> yeah, just burner <laughs> accounts. You know? Yeah. <laughs> so the, the fact that the fact that you not only have an an AOL account, but it's also like you're still using it, like power, more power to you, man! Like that is amazing. <laughs> oh no, dude, it's amazing, but it's also embarrassing at the same time. But I'm too like you know I could I could absolutely switch it, but I'm still I don't know it still seems to work for me. 
don't seem I to mean, work well. And, I, and I'm saying this is someone who has like uh, maybe two or three email accounts that I use on, day, on a daily basis. So <laughs> what do I know? <laughs> like, I should probably change it at some point, but you know, I'm still enjoying, I'm still enjoying the reactions. It never gets old. Yeah, because Truth. sometimes whenever I contact someone and you know via email address from from their website, I'm like, uh, you know, I hope this is still like it's still <laughs> around. By the way, this, yeah, this is going to be the byline today. We discussed with uh, Pete Sepp and I why he still has an AOL email address. <laughs> <clears throat> That'll be number one. So funny. <clears throat> it's because it, everyone is usually just like Gmail or Yahoo or or, or Hotmail, but yeah, you know. and occasionally you'll get an Earthlink, right? Do you st- or probably not. Maybe you don't get the Earthlink anymore. I have I have like two friends who are still on Earthlink. I think that's still. I, I have never heard of anyone having Earthlink. <laughs> <laughs> I'll forward you my friends who have them. They're great. <laughs> you'll have two. We'll go from zero uh, to two. Pete, who is this Abdullah guy? Why is he sending me this weird shit? <laughs> oh man! Once again, you're making me want to do that. I probably will. Because, <laughs> like, dude, what? Once we're friends, like I have this bad habit of sending my friends like shit that they don't want. Like, cause I remember sending. <laughs> are for. I remember sending um, someone via Twitter DMs like a, a video of like that Tetris beatbox. I'm like, hey, look at this Tetris beatbox thing. It's <laughs> like, why are you sending me this? Half of them will say that's amazing. The other half will say, why did you send it, right? And that yeah. kind of how it if you put a pie chart up, that's how it would break down with the reactions. That's so funny. <clears throat> Anyway, we've been almost talking for almost two hours now. So. Oh my God, holy smokes. <laughs> yeah. Went so by we got, so quick. Yeah, yeah. So we got to wrap it up, uh, but I had okay. like I had so much fun. Uh, before we go, um, can you give us a hint of like what you're currently working on, if you can? Yeah, so I'm still the voice of Ovation, which is uh, the amazing network. I don't know if it's, I don't know if it's, if it's there in Kuwait, but it's... Um, I'm an amazing arts entertainment network still doing that I'm still doing all the same toy commercials Batman Monster Jam Supercross uh, Paw Patrol Jurassic World um, and then I've got some other spots running for uh, Ortho Ground Clear and Postmates and Play-Doh and yeah still uh, still rocking all the toy commercials and you can still hear me doing Bob's burgers. I'm still doing occasionally doing Jimmy Kimmel live and uh, yeah, still rocking, uh, still rocking the anime. I said a couple of things coming. There's a big movie coming out. There's, there was a show called Knights of Sidonia that I did. It was the first ever anime series, original anime series for Netflix. And they're making a movie out of that. I'm coming back for that. So look out for that. All right. Awesome. Thank you so much for taking the time out to do this. This has been a very fun episode to record. Yes. And if you, Thank you so if much. You ever, if you ever want to come back, man, I'd love to have you back. <laughs> oh, my God. For sure. Let's do it tomorrow. I'm very available tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> Most Fridays. It's All right. Yeah, no, thanks, man. This is awesome. You're the yeah, man. Point nine. All Absolutely. Right, take care. Take care. Buddy. All right, man. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye.